Hi, everybody. Hi. Welcome to your Friday. You're listening to Crooked News, where we bring you crazy news, hilarious history, and sometimes a story from you. So please send your stories to talkcrooked at gmail.com. All right. Are we ready to just dive right in? Yes. Okay. Yes. I've got a wonderful story. This is probably my favorite thing that has come out of quarantine. Yay! Uh, This is from uh, sfgate.com, and it was written by Madeline Wells. He has screamed relentlessly. Feral peacock divides Oakland neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. How a colorful new bird neighbor incited a next-door battle for the ages. (laughs) This was published... (laughs) On uh, Wednesday, July 15th of 2020. And he is just so beautiful. There's a picture of him at the top of this article. And y'all should look him up. up. Oh, no. So. (laughs) He's just. Oh, God. I'm so excited. (laughs) In a North Oakland neighborhood, a rather noisy peacock recently took up residence in someone's yard. Neighborhood drama ensued. Oh, my God. (laughs) down a short cul-de-sac in north oakland um an unusual blue and green feathered neighbor has recently moved into someone's yard his name is bruce or peco (laughs) his name is bruce (laughs) (laughs) or peco or peter or pierre or abraham (laughs) apparently it's difficult to settle on a name for the neighborhood peacock Depends on what mood you're in when you see him and what he's doing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Most neighbors are fans of the peacock on Occidental Street, saying the sight of him brings joy to the monotony of life during quarantine. But yeah, I bet. (laughs) But for a few, his presence is hell on earth, and they've taken (laughs) and they've taken to next door to voice their complaints. (laughs) Yeah, because that's accomplishing so much. Yes. <laughs> for the oh, no. for the past fifteen weeks or so, he has screamed relentlessly every day. Wrote neighbor Jesse T. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I understand your pain, bro. <laughs> it's so loud inside my house; it literally feels like he is inside my house. It got so oh, no. It got so bad that two months ago, I had to move out of my street-facing bedroom and into my middle bedroom slash storage room. He had to move bedrooms? Yes. Oh, no! I have been sleeping on the floor on a camping air mattress ever since. I still get woken up at 4, 5, 6 a.m. many mornings. Oh, no. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) This poor man. According to the Evil Eye, the city of Oakland received a noise complaint about the peacock and sent an animal control officer to block to the block to investigate. No action was taken to relocate the bird. (laughs) That's... What the fuck? (laughs) What's the point of you? Right? Um, He is believed to be feral and rumored by neighbors to be the same peacock that lived at a nearby location for four years prior until the resident who fed him moved. (laughs) Okay. Why is that a reason to not take him away? I don't know. 
and relocate him. <laughs> <laughs> the oxen. He'd take him to a zoo. Yeah. Where, where he can run around with the other peacocks. Because <laughs> they get to roam free. They do. The Occidental Street Peacock is not the first critter to get bold during quarantine. In Oakland's Grand Lake neighborhood, a wild turkey named Gerald has been chasing terrorized visitors. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of that. I've heard of this one. <laughs> Gerald is yeah. the best name for a turkey. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. He has been chasing terrorized visitors at the Morecambe Rose Garden. In San Francisco, coyotes have been capitalizing on the empty streets, frolicking in yards Nature and even... Nature is healing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> frolicking in yards and even scaling rooftops. Whoa. <laughs> That's a little scary. Yeah. Luckily for me... There's a coyote on the roof, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily for me, the latest unusual animal to pop up in an urban Bay Area neighborhood was located just a five-minute bike ride from my apartment. The oh, no. <laughs> the glamorous bird wasn't hard to find. I heard none of his infamous screeching, but a message board of neighborhood commentary tacked to a large wooden gate pointed me in the right direction. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dear neighbors, a complaint has been lodged about the peacock. Read one notice. Messages of peacock support also decorated the entrance to his habitat, from a haiku to a child's drawing of his likeness. Another pro-peacock flyer listed things worthy, things worth City of Oakland's time and tax dollars in 2020. Hint. While expanding <laughs> access to testing and treatment of COVID-19 and promoting justice and racial equality were listed, peacock removal was not. <laughs> no. Nobody cares about this poor man. Oh my goodness. <laughs> right? <laughs> he can't sleep. <laughs> and I feel his pain. Yes. I live next door to a noise complaint. <laughs> <laughs> the peacock himself, whom I spotted hanging out with some neighborhood squirrels and quietly pecking the ground, had nothing to say. <laughs> of course, it's a peacock. Yeah. Regardless of his early morning squawking habit, it's obvious the peacock has amassed quite a fan club. Lana Q, a neighbor who lives on the same block as the controversial bird, urged people on next door to contact the city to voice their support for the peacock. But why? <laughs> it is nice. And what will that accomplish? <laughs> it is nice to have a voice of nature to counterbalance the cars and fireworks, she wrote on next door. We have also been enjoying seeing the families with strollers and kids passing by on the way to see Peter. Another of the birds Except admires. Except that people are supposed to be distancing, right? Yeah. And so, like, no. Well, I mean, they're they're <laughs> not all crowding around him. They're just... Uh, you don't know that. Well, it doesn't read like they're crowding around him. <laughs> uh, I feel I'm, I'm on the side of this poor dude who's sleeping on his air mattress. I can't shake that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel really bad for that dude. Yeah. It's cool that this pe I don't understand why the peak why he seems to be so cool with everybody else and then like just sits outside this dude's window and <laughs> screams. <laughs> I don't That's so weird. Uh. <laughs> I don't like your vibe, man. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Another of the birds admirers is Amanda Numi, 
a neighbor who says the peacock adds beauty and hope to her daily routine and in a time of difficulty. I mean, that's true. That's really cool. I visit the peacock several times a week with my toddler, and he loves him so much. He hears him crowing in the morning, and it brings us both giggles and smiles, said Numi in an email. And we know that What's-His-Face is so mad. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Maybe he's the asshole neighbor. It's like that fucking rooster that comes and crows outside my window when he lives two houses away. (laughs) I did not consent to you, sir. Or your wake-up call. (laughs) He hears... uh, Sorry, I read that. I visit the peacock sleeping after my early morning runs. He's always in the same trunk high up in his tree. And I know he's a stable symbol in my life that things are still normal for some. Um, What? (laughs) I don't know. People are getting weird in quarantine. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We're looking for symbolism in a random peacock that happens to live on your street. Yes. Okay, honey. (laughs) Peafowl. I can't. Oh, God. <laughs> Peafowl so, are not native. Isolation does weird things to people who aren't introverts. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Peafowl are not native to California, nor the United States at all. They originated in the Indian subcontinent and Southeast Asia, although people bringing yes. them over as pets has led to a few wild peacock populations popping up in America, namely in really? Southern California. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that we had wild peacocks anywhere. I thought that they all just roamed around the zoo. No. Apparently. And ate potato chips from two-year-olds and stuff. <laughs> no. They're just huh. chilling. Um, Interesting. While many neighbors are happy to have him here, others loathe him to the extent of joking about having a peacock barbecue. So are the streets <laughs> of Oakland really the best home for this wayward bird? I sought a peacock expert. No. Yes, they exist. To find out. Good. <laughs> uh, oh, man. When I stumbled upon a photo online of a man wearing a hat that read Mr. Peacock while clutching a peacock in his arms, I knew I'd found the right guy. Dennis oh, Fett God. has been raising peacocks for over 39 years and runs the Peacock Information Center in Minden, Iowa with his wife, Deborah Aww. J. Buck. Unlike the rest of us peacock novices, he was not surprised to hear about Bruce slash Peter slash Abraham's sudden appearance. (laughs) (laughs) Or Pierre, whatever his name is that day. Um, Your problem is a typical one that we hear from all over the world, Fett said. I haven't heard of any problems in your neck of the woods recently, but that doesn't mean there aren't any. While 4 a.m. piercing bird honks can be disturbing to sleeping neighbors, Fett said the bird isn't doing it just to hear his own voice. It's because something is amiss. They should count their blessings that the peacock is making noise at night because that means somebody, animal or human, is doing something that's not in the normal sense of the environment. Explained Fett. They're like a watchdog. They have keen hearing. He's not haphazardly making that sound because normally they sleep and mind their own business. Interesting. Do you want to hear the haiku? Okay. <laughs> do you do you want to hear the haiku because they posted a picture of the haiku? Oh my god. Yes. Of course I want to hear the haiku. <laughs> Peacock's puzzlement. Whose time and money is sleep health of neighbors worth? Sing summer peacock. And that's the haiku. 
Okay. <laughs> Not your best work. No. <laughs> oh, man. Um, It could be anything <coughs> from a raccoon rummaging through garbage cans to a human slamming a car door early in the morning that's scaring the peacock, according to Fett. One neighbor hypothesized that the recent excess of fireworks could be inst- instigating his chatter. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. He could also just be, like, unsettled because, like, shit's weird. Yeah. Right now, like, everyone's at home, mm-hmm. so it's, like, weird for him. Or maybe something's skulking around this poor dude's house and he's trying to scare it off and be helpful. Yeah. That's really cool. Right? You should, like, look into what's going on outside your house, bro. Yeah. Put up cameras. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, there's one thing Fett feels certain about. The bird doesn't really belong there, he said. I love the peafowl, yeah. but he needs to be back to a place where he's safe. In yeah, Fett's experience... kind of my thought. Yeah. <laughs> in Fett's experience, animal control is unlikely to take any action regarding the peacock, as long as it's not causing a hazard, because it's not part of their officers' normal training. He says it's up to the neighbors to hire a poultry expert to capture and relocate the bird to a more rural area where it will be safer, assuming no previous owner steps forward to claim it. I apologize to the people who want to see the bird because I think it gives them some joy, especially now during the virus, said Fett. But we have to be careful because we don't want someone to have a wreck with their car. I would rather the bird be removed. Yeah, or for him to, like, bite somebody, or... And then we're gonna all be up in arms and want him dead, because that's how fucking humans are. So, like, let's give him some place where he lives that's safe and... Yeah. Not look for weird symbolism in his his sleep patterns. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Honey. (laughs) This news... I look at him and I just think some things are still normal. (laughs) There's nothing normal about a peacock on your on your road. <laughs> like, n- no, uh, I can't. Sorry. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I have been talking to birds and stuff, but still. <laughs> I recognize that it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> this news will surely disappoint the bird's legion of avid supporters. But to those who plead for sympathy on next door... Quote, unquote, this peacock is pushing me over the edge, wrote Jesse T. (laughs) It may finally mean a peaceful night of sleep for the first time in months. (laughs) Oh, man, that was good. Yeah, thanks. That's my only one because it was long, but. Oh, yeah, it was pretty long, but that was good. But he screamed relentlessly. (laughs) That poor man. That poor man. I feel his pain. Yeah. I really do. Oh, my goodness. All right. Let's take a quick break. Okay. All right. So, I found a disgusting article. Oh, okay. um, (laughs) I'm really excited. Oh, I know. Um, But I think we're only going to do half of it today because it's 16 things. Oh, shit. And I'm tired. (laughs) Yeah, I'm tired. So, we're going to do eight. Okay. So, um, (laughs) we'll finish up next week. So, um... Excuse me. That was disgusting. Um, Okay, so this is from Ranker, and it's called 16 Disgusting Details of Everyday Life in Ancient Rome, and I'm so excited. So, this is written by Carly Silver. Okay. Um, Ready? No. (laughs) Yes. All right. So, the Roman Empire, which lasted for around 1,500 years stands as one of the most significant examples of the rise and fall of a civilization in human history. And while it would have been fascinating to meet epic 
Roman emperors like Caligula or Commodus in real life. Um, Commodus? I think it's Commodus. Yeah, because um, Commodus is... <laughs> sounds like a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in reality, so living at the time of the rains probably wouldn't have been so great. Um, in fact, the nasty realities of ancient Rome, from tapeworms to mass enslavement, create pretty unappealing create a pretty unappealing picture of life at the time. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, there are nearly unlimited examples of Roman squalor. Uh, despite their vaunted baths, the Romans still had a lot of parasites and diseases. Yeah. Some of their medical remedies, yeah. Some of their medical remedies were absolutely disgusting. <laughs> Emperors, not exactly the paragon of virtue they purported to be, seduced siblings and married children. Even tasty dinner dishes were made out of repellent things, ranging from dolphin meatballs to flamingo tongues. No, stop it. Ugh. Such disgusting. Yeah, (laughs) such disgusting conditions in Imperial Rome are enough to make anyone queasy. All right, you ready? Mm -hmm. Forget toilet paper. They had sponge on a stick. Oh, we've already discussed this. We don't need to discuss it further. When have we discussed this? Remember when you did a, the toilet paper shortage one? We we oh, talked did this about pop this. Up? Yeah, this has popped oh. up in detail. Oh, okay, well we're going to talk about it again. So, um <laughs> ancient Romans used a particularly gross form of cleaning of cleaning to keep their whitest togas white. Uh, to really clean those hard-to-reach places after they spent some time squatted down over a bench with holes in it, they would wipe with a sponge set on the end of a stick. Uh, it was called a... Oh, no. Xylospongium? <laughs> These sponge sticks were attached to the bathroom benches, so a busy Roman didn't have to worry about toting one around. Oh, oh. God through the city with them as they ran daily errands they were all sharing a sponge on a stick <laughs> what ew uh, and they put it in access- salt water Between oh uses. no to access the st- i mean that's antibacterial uh to access the stick you'd reach through a keyhole and maneuver it through to clean your derriere Although this sounds like an in, like a convenient time-saving trick, it's pretty hideous that people using public restrooms likely had to share sponge sticks. All one can hope is that they were switched out or cleaned often by bathroom attendants. Oh, Lord. All right. Poor sanitation caused lots of illness and parasites. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 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 uh. Rome, ancient Rome had a pretty sophisticated sewer system. But its purpose, rather than to remove excrement and general filth, was to drain standing water from the streets. Ancient Romans had very different cleanliness standards than more contemporary civilizations, and they just weren't that concerned about poop and rotting food in the streets as long as they could walk through them. No. However, examining Roman excrement has revealed how absolutely awful these standards were for people at the time. In fact, archaeologists have found tons of parasites and infections in fossilized Roman poop, including roundworm and dysentery. Not great. That's funny because we always learned about how advanced the Romans were. Not enough. Right? 
like well not yeah but enough. it's the, it's like romanticized almost yeah so um in addition <laughs> the romans the romans frugal people that they were didn't dispose of a lot of excrement they had access to instead they used it to fertilize their crops which recycled their bowels back into their food well yeah you're you're not supposed to do that. And a version of the and their version of ketchup, a favorite condiment, was an uncooked fermented fish sauce called garum. This beloved solution might have allowed tapeworm parasites to thrive. Feeling great? No. Feeling good? You ready for this next one? You're no. gonna hate it. You're really gonna hate it. They washed their clothes with urine. Stop it! Yeah, girl. No! So, um, the ancient version of a dry cleaner, which was called a fuller, who used urine to clean clothes. It sounds disgusting, but it has ammonia in it. That's why. It's actually sterile, but it's disgusting. So, um, ammonia is a key ingredient in homemade, in human-made water, um, is, is great at getting tricky stains out of toga togas and unlight soap it was very easy to acquire <laughs> so fullers could just put vessels on street corners and men who needed to pass pass <laughs> you know evacuate their 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 bladders could contribute their services by using the buckets it's crazy yeah it is gross <laughs> i agree but also waste not what not i guess i don't know the first century roman emperor Ves Ves vespasian vespasian famously instated a urine tax raking in a bunch of cash by taxing the public bins where people dumped urine collected from toilets and the tax was quite lucrative um some even credit it with saving the empire at a particularly precarious time oh <laughs> Um, when Vespasian's son, the future emperor Titus, expressed his displeasure at this government initiative, his dad, quote, held a piece of money from the first payment to his son's nose, <laughs> asking whether its odor was offensive to him. <laughs> According to... Oh, no, these are such Roman names. Suetonius? <laughs> Titus, of course, said no, and Vespasian famously replied, Yet it comes from urine! <laughs> <laughs> oh man so now we're gonna be sad so the empire was of course built by millions of slaves oh of course um rome wasn't built in a day but it was built on the backs and with the hands of a magnitude of slaves in fact one of the city's foundational myths is the story of the capture of the sabine woman who were taken from their community and forced to become reproductive mach machines for the creation and continuance of the roman population i hate that so that's fucked up yep that's terrible um whether bought in markets seized from nearby communities or captured as a result of foreign wars survey as the slaves were called in Latin, were estimated to have made up anywhere from one-third to three-fifths of Italy's entire population. We don't learn about this. No. That means there were up to four million slaves in Italy alone, which doesn't even count the rest of the empire. Yeah, that's fucked up. That's awful. I don't know why we don't learn about that, because everyone we just talk about them like... Because we romanticize so that they the can eat more. Yeah, it, imperialism. I can't. Um, okay, so next one. How many is that? They're not numbered. Sorry. 
<laughs> I think that's three. One, two, three, four. Okay, we're on five. Okay. Um, <clears throat> a nice dinner consisted of pig's womb, mashed brains, and stuffed dormice. Yuck. Uh, ancient Rome had quite the unique and vibrant foodie culture. Thanks to a gentleman gourmand named Aspicius, who took upon who took it upon himself to eat and record recipes from around the Rome from around the empire, there exists a detailed list of some ancient Rome's of some of ancient Rome's favorite recipes in the form of a cookbook. So that's actually really cool. Yeah. Um, spade sow's womb, which is the nastiest thing I've ever had to say. <laughs> When prepared with pepper, celery seed, dry mint, laser root, honey, vinegar, and broth, was a particular favorite. As was the, quote, paunch of a suckling pig, when filled with, quote, pieces of pork pounded in the mortar, three brains, the nerves removed, <laughs> and mixed with raw eggs. Oh, that just sounds like somebody, like a kid, like, just taking stuff and mushing it together. That's like, ugh, oh god. For those looking for a lighter snack, stuffed dormouse casserole was a go-to. That's disgusting. Yeah. So that was number five. Um, okay, camel brains and animal dung were considered cure-alls. Because, oh. like, mercury. Remember mercury? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, get and leeches? Oh. Um, getting sick in Imperial Rome? You might well have had to swallow some animal dung. In his natural history, Pl Pliny? Pliny? Pliny. Pliny writes... Pliny writes that a, quote, a camel's brain, dried and taken in vinegar, cures epilepsy. Why haven't we figured that out yet? <laughs> While, quote, the ash of the burnt dung makes the hair curl. <laughs> but not just camel, as goat excrement was proven to be useful. Pliny says that, it, quote, an application also of she-goat's dung, boiled down in vinegar, was an approved treatment for a snake bite. Oh. It's also an approved treatment for getting an infection mm -hmm. and so is the ash of fresh dung boiled down in wine tortoise dung was excellent for curing abscesses there you go for your tooth mm -hmm. um while holding rabbit dung convinced dogs not to bark at you <laughs> no it didn't i <coughs> I've been doing it wrong this whole time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, we'll do two more and then we'll be done. So, okay. um, their gra this is my favorite one. Um, their graffiti and poetry was really dirty. Uh, yeah, I knew that. So, I have been, I have been to Pompeii. Mm-hmm. And, oh, there's going to be stuff here. Okay. They're going to talk about it. Never mind. Okay. <clears throat> as far as disgusting facts about Rome go, this one isn't so unusual. No one's surprised, right? <laughs> the Romans loved 
a good dirty joke. Yeah. The town of Pompeii, in particular, boasted tons of dirty graffiti scrawled on public walls and in private bars alike. Wow. It's awesome. <laughs> I think there's even penises inscribed in the ground pointing in the direction of the brothel. <laughs> nice. It's awesome. Um, you could be strolling down a lane and be confronted with phrases like restitution, restituta, take off your tunic, please, and show us your privates. <laughs> Other drawings featured erect phalloi, images that, while obviously sexual, were also thought to ward off disease and illness. <laughs> what? Virility penises. Get it? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And the naughty sayings also appeared in poems, like Cthulhu's famously dirty poem 16. Mm -hmm. He called his friend Aurelius a phallus sucker and his pal Furious a little bitch. <laughs> a cocksucker and a little bitch. I love Look it. Look out. <laughs> oh man. Mouth and... breather. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 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 uh. You know what? We're going to end with that one because it's fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, go ahead and go throw up. And uh, <laughs> remember, you are not a monster. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Cricket, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at TalkCricket. To keep the shots coming, access ex exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time. <laughs>